Thank you for joining us on the CFF Podcast. Today, Pastor Pablo Martinez will be inspiring you with a message from the Word of God. We hope you enjoy and welcome home. Cool, cool. Now, before you sit down, before you sit down, give the person next to you a hug. If that's a girl you like, that's a plus right there. Woo! All right. Some of you guys are trying to, all right, all right, one hug, one hug, chill out. All right, cool, cool. Have a seat real quick. Uh, God bless you guys. Uh, I'm really excited about sharing today. Uh, today we are in Formation Fridays, amen? Not Information Fridays, but Formation Fridays, right? Very different. Not Information Fridays. We're not here to just get informed. We're not here to learn something. You got YouTube for that, amen? All right? You got YouTube to learn stuff. You know how many guys, you, you can learn anything through YouTube. Like anything. How to make pizza. You know, uh, you can learn how to make anything on YouTube. Now, we're not here so we can learn. We're here so we can grow, so we can be transformed. Amen? Uh, and so that we can actually be formed to the likeness and to the image of God. Um, there's a, 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 something I've been working on for a long time, and it's, it's been in the makes. It's still not ready. Uh, but when it is, it's going to be a blessing. I know it is. It's already blessing me. Uh, but it's called The Code, and The Code is not like the Da Vinci Code or anything like that. Uh, I've been looking at, you know, just the way men uh, and women, of course, but people that have character, they have something special, you know. Have you ever met, like, these older men who, who are just, their yes is yes and their no is no. You know, you ever known those kind of people that, that you can trust them, you know, that, that if they say they'll be there at 9, they'll be there at 8.45. You know what I'm saying or no? Yeah, you're like, yeah or no, right? right? Or, and then it's not because they're compulsive, because there's something inside of them that, you know, what's right is right, what's wrong is wrong. You know what I'm saying? When they do a job, they don't just do the job. They get it done. You know what I mean? And they don't just get it done so that somebody else has to fix their Mickey Mouse later. They get it done right the first time. You know what I mean? Like they take pride in what they do. And, and when somebody does something like that, it's, it's amazing. Whether they're playing a sport and they, they play the sport uh, not just to win, but to win against their biggest foe, which is themselves. You know, maybe they're not the most talented, but they overcame unsurmountable odds to beat the one who was inside of them. You know, there's these people that no matter what you throw at them, they'll overcome. They're consistent. They're persistent. They're resilient. You know, I, I, these are the people that you hear or you write movies about. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's that, that movie? I, I didn't even see it. Uh, but I think Angelina Jolie funded the movie or, or like, I don't know if she, she, do you guys know which one? Unstoppable? Unbroken. Yeah, what's it called? Unbroken. Is that what it's called? Is that even a word, Unbroken. It is a word, right? Okay, good. If I say it, it's wrong because, you know what I mean? But unbroken is good, right? So unbroken. The kind of people you're like, wow, these people have something in them, this motor that doesn't seem to die. You know what I'm saying? Like they're, and then you could hear it on the back of your head. They just don't make them like they used to. <laughs> and I can hear that and there's some, some truth to that, but maybe not. And so I began to ask all kinds of people that I admire and that I respect, people that I've gotten to know over the years, uh, great men and women of God, you know, whether they know God or not, they have some that don't even know the Lord, but they have that thing in them, that, 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 that code. And it has nothing to do with their morality. It's not morality. It's something different. There's some moral people that quit. You know what I mean? But these people have this morality that just won't quit. 
You guys know what I'm saying or no? Like some people are moral. Great, you're moral. But when you have that code, like, okay, check this out. Have you guys ever seen Dexter? Okay, sinners. Okay, good, good. Me too. So this is a crazy show. I'm not advertising it at all. But even this serial killer that like kills a bunch of people, but he has a code. And he won't kill bad people. He only kills other killers. And so you're looking at this, this show and you're like, this is so twisted. It's wrong. It's about a serial killer of serial killers. And you're like, yeah, that's a good guy. Is he? But he has this code that he won't break. And this code has been formed over the years by his, I'm not going to ruin the thing for you in case you want to go be sinners and, you know, and watch all that stuff. But there, even that is kind of like, oh, that's, oh, okay, that's good. Even bad guys with codes, you're like, I guess you can admire that code. Anybody know what I'm talking about or no? Like, you can tell, okay, for example, gangsters, okay? I know most of us in here in this room have come across some with just crazy thugs, right? Gangsters, most of us, right? But there's this one thing that I can admire about, like, real gangsters. I'm not talking about, like, they listen to just hip-hop and they think they're gangsters, but they're not. I'm talking about the ones that hip-hop writes about. Do you guys know what I'm saying? Like, those hardcore people that you're like, whoa, like, what's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Or... There's something so wrong with you that you have one thing right at least. Like one code. I was watching this, this, this show. Uh, I don't advertise it either. Don't watch this show. It's called Drug Inc. Anybody ever heard of it? Don't clap. Okay, good, good. Okay, Drug Inc., right? And, and all it is is documentaries about drug addiction. And like people slanging, people selling drugs. Slanging, huh, huh? That's how hip I am, right? People like selling drugs. People doing like, it's crazy because they, they find, you, you see people right on the show like shooting heroin and just, you know, or, or they're like, you know, smoking crack. And, and it's crazy because you have this whole entire, what I'm wondering about is this camera people. These guys are like crazy, they're crazier than the gangsters, you know what I mean? Like, they have this thing. But even in that show, even with all these people, there seems to be some codes that these people live by. And they just won't break them. Because if they break them, they die. Gangsters, for example, snitches. And they have this code. And you just don't snitch. You don't rat, you know? And I, I pulled over one time not too long ago. And I saw a guy on the side of the road on the freeway. Uh, I made sure it was a guy because I got in trouble one time. I, I'll tell you guys about that the other time. But anyway, so this guy was there, and he was like, he had just come out of prison. And, you know, uh, he was all out, you know, like crazy. And, you know, and, and he had no spare tire on his Honda. And I was like, hey, look, man, I got a tire here. He's like, ah, but, you know, but, but you know, I was like, yeah, you can have it. Why are you going to give me a tire? He's like, yeah, man, you can have it. He's like, for real? He's like, yeah, just give me your number later, and I'll go get it from you. I'm trying to bring him to Christ, you know? And so this guy, like, oh, I don't have a number. I just came out. And I was like, came out of where? I'm just kidding now. You know? And so <laughs> I almost said, the closet? I'm just kidding. You know? But this guy, this guy, this, this, this thugged out dude, you know, he was all crazy. His car, is, he was living in it. And uh, right there and then, he was just like, why would you do that for me, bro? And I was just like, honestly, like, the Lord had me pull, pull over. And I just want to tell you about the love of Christ. He gave his life to Jesus right on the side of the road. I don't have my tire, by the way. He just took it. And, uh, and it's okay. We were supposed to meet somewhere. But this, this guy, as we were doing this, he said, whatever you need, man, whatever you need, I'm here. And I was like, no, I don't need anything. I just, no, no, whatever, man. You did me one, I'll do you one. And I was just like, there's something there cool that like this, this thankful, grateful heart. And then there's some people that don't have that. Some people that you do so much stuff for them, and then a year later they're talking garbage. 
Like if you never even did anything. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? So what am I talking about here? This code and, and, and gangsters and drug ink and Dexter. I got a point, I promise you. Right? We just read today in Romans chapter 2. This is devotional of today. Raise your hand if you did your devotionals. Yes. Hey, a little bit less. Come on, guys. More of you got to get it done today, okay? By the way, this sermon doesn't replace your devotional. Still got to do it. Okay, cool, cool. So uh, Romans chapter 2, and there was this beautiful part that caught my heart because it's exactly what I'm, I've been working on for a long time and it's, it's the code. So Romans chapter 12, I mean chapter 2 verse 14 through 16, I think we have it up there. Uh, and if you could just read it with me. For when Gentiles who do not have the law do instinctively, say with me instinctively, the things of the law, these not having the law are a law to themselves. Now 15. In that they show the work of the law written in their hearts. Say with me, written, written. In, in their hearts. Their conscience bearing witness and their thoughts alternate, uh, alter, uh, alternately accusing or else defending them. One more. On the day when, according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of man through Christ Jesus. Close your eyes. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for your love, for your grace. I thank you for the code you put inside every one of us. I ask you that, Lord, that today you, you would align it to you. That today, God, we can become those people that are uh, worthy of your name. Uh, and that we can truly say, Lord, we are dependable. We are those kind of people that are resilient. Those kind of people that do not just bend and twist and break for just anything. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. So this is God telling us. I have... Put in your heart, I wrote in your heart this moral code, this thing called conscience. Okay, the word conscience in English is, is divided into two, con, co, which means with, and science or science, which is knowledge. So it's the knowledge within, the knowledge of, of something that is inside of you, that you don't need everybody telling you something. Raise your hand if you have ever felt Conscience. Raise your hand if you have felt conscience. Run away from the people that didn't raise their hand. They're psychopaths, literally. I saw, trust me, I studied psychology. That's what it means. If you don't have a conscience, you're, you're a murderer probably. And you're going to be killing people all around you and not even feel a thing. So raise your hand if you ever had a conscience before. Raise your hand. Girls, look around. Guys, look around. All right, raise your hand if you've never had a had conscience before. You've never felt bad about anything. Wow, really? Okay, you should feel bad about that. Okay, so most people in the world understand the idea of a conscience. Stay with me for a second. Okay, what does this have to do with Dexter, Drug Inc., Gangsters, Side of the Road? What does this have to do with the code, with you, with me? I was on this plane on my way back from Nashville, and this old man, man, I love this, 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 this older black man, man. He, he, he gave me something so beautiful that day. Because I can tell he was a man of the code. And I can just feel it. I could sense it in him. And, and he was just sitting here. I'm sitting here. And I don't know what struck the conversation. Maybe we're right next to the restaurant. We're both like, Bleh. And when we both were in the same predicament, he was like, yep, yeah, I feel that. I feel that too. And that struck one of the greatest conversations in my entire life. And he began to tell me about his grandfather. How his grandfather was a kind of man that could buy a car with a handshake. And I was like, what do you mean? Yeah, my grandfather was elected into public office, and he didn't want to be. They forced him. He didn't want to run. Like, he didn't have to advertise himself. People knew him to be such a man of character and integrity. They say, please run our local government. And I'm thinking, what? 
That's the code. And so I began to ask him more about that. He's like, yeah, my, my granddad, he can, he can walk into a dealer and just shake somebody's hand and they, they give him the car right there. He didn't have to sign anything. His word was his bond. And I was just like, I got chills. I get chills right now just remembering it. And so I started writing things on the back of my Bible, th things that he taught him. I was like, what else did your grandpa teach you? You know, like respect women. And, and it's not respect when they earn it. Respect because you are a man. And I'm like, yeah. Honestly, I'm like, yes. Freedom. You know, <laughs> like I felt like in my spirit something was leaping because this man was talking to me about something. It's not Bible school. It's not seminar. He, we weren't even talking. Now, he was a man of God. He, he called himself the armor bearer of his pastor. And his wife, I was like, what does your wife say about that? Because he's like, because I love my pastor. And I, oh, he passed away two years ago. It's like my dad. And we were always with him. And what about your, your wife? Did she ever feel like you were too much with your pastor? No. She was the armor bearer of, of first lady. And I was like, you're awesome. You know, and then I was like talking about, like, well, what about your kids? Oh, they all serve the Lord. My daughter, she's one of the highest ranking, you know, women in the army. And I was like, what? Really? I was like, okay. Oh, I was a guy, I need to know. You know what I mean? Like this guy was awesome. He talked about his children serving God. And then I started, I asked him, what do you think all these blessings come from? By the way, he wasn't a CEO somewhere. He wasn't this, this you know, he was a janitor. And he loved what he did. I was like, how long have you been doing that? Oh, 30-something years. When I looked at this guy and, and his, the blessing of his life, I said, what do you think that comes from? My grandfather's inheritance. It wasn't monetary. Now, he might have blessed them. It was an inheritance. It was the code. When I read the Bible today, I was, real, I was reminded of the code. The God said, I inscribed it in your hearts. There's going to be a day where it doesn't matter if you're religious or not religious. It's not about how much you know, how much you read. It's about what you did with that that God placed in your heart. The knowledge of Jesus Christ. What did you do with the love of God? What did you do, even the people that have never met Jesus, that have never heard of the, of the Lord, they have a code inside of them. Do you know that torturing babies for fun is wrong? Anybody would disagree with that? Okay, Nathan? No? Okay, good, good. I'm just saying, you got no conscience. Right? Nobody would agree, right, that torturing babies for fun is, is, is right. I mean, that is a, that's something moral. That's something inside of us. There's this code in us that says, if you do that, no. That's inhumane. Literally, it's not human-like. Humans, we have something inside of us. Romans just talked about that. He says, I prescribed, I inscribed, I, I wrote something in your heart so that you would know. There's right and there's wrong. We all have a conscience. As a matter of fact, God gave us that conscience. God gave us this, this he hardwired us to look for him. He literally hardwired us to find our way to him. That even if no one wants to talk to you, and I've, I'm so amazed at this. Testimony after testimony of, you know, I, I was the other day on YouTube. And I know I, 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 I love the, hearing testimonies of this woman uh, who was, you know, banished from her house. This is in the voice of the martyrs. And uh, it led me to that link. And she was saying how, you know, she one day was sitting in her bed. And she was trying to read the Quran. And, and Jesus really just revealed himself to her. Uh, and she started, like, realizing that it was Jesus. And, and it was not about anything else but just Jesus Christ. And right there and then, she surrendered her life to Christ. And her family pretty much disowned her. So why is it in the Quran that we mention more Jesus and Muhammad? And so this quest began in her heart. 
And she began to realize there's some things that are oppressive that are not right for her. And some things that are, that are liberating. And, and it wasn't moral. It wasn't, it wasn't society. It was something that God put inside of her, this desire, this thirst for true freedom. Now, let me tell you this. Have you ever, ever in your life quieted the voice that God put inside of you? And that's the voice of God. Conscience, people call it. I say it's the imprint of the Lord. It's the code that God put inside of us. Some people have that code and they have tried to erase it. You see, the Lord formed the code inside of us. But sin destroyed it. Sin has completely desensitized us to the, the, the tugging at our heart. I know that if people were to hear that code. Now, I'm not saying... Let your conscience guide you because your conscience, like I'm saying right now, can be very twisted and very broken and even killed by sin. So one time I was about seven years old and I had just gotten out of the shower and there was this hot iron there. And I figured the smartest thing to do was to warm myself up with the iron. I'm not playing. This is the most dumb thing probably I've ever done. And I grabbed that thing and I put it against my leg and went, I don't know. I mean, I'm telling you, man. It was my skin stuck to it. It was so nasty. Yes, I know. It was so bad. Like, it rolled. And then I went, ah! And I started going like that. I was only seven. You know, I was like, ah! Rolling my skin off my leg. It was the most pain. One of the most painful. It wasn't that moment. It was one of the most painful things I've done. And it was so bad. I could see my skin rolling. And, and for the next three weeks... I had to sleep with my leg out. The, you know, it was just so bad. We're, we're short shorts. My brother would laugh at me, you know, call me Daisy. Uh, and, you know, uh, from the Dukes of Hazard, you know, because this one I had to either chop off or really weigh up. And it was just nasty. It was so bad, you know. But I remember when it finally began to heal, I can go like this and, like, poke it, you know. And I thought I was, like, awesome because I grab a needle and poke my leg and not feel anything. And that wasn't that I was tough. I had just dumb. I had grown numb there. Have you guys ever done something like this? No? I did it twice. Not this, but I grabbed the marshmallow because I didn't have sticks. And I used my fork. And I went, Shh. first marshmallow went down smoothly. By the fourth marshmallow, that fork was so hot. And I took the marshmallow off and I could see the little white remainders in the, in the fork. You guys know what I'm talking about. The little, yeah, yeah. And you're like, it was so bad. For the next week, I couldn't taste food. I was like, ah, ah, anybody have ever done that with me? Yes, Ryan. Thank you, Ruben. And why is it only men? Any women had ever done that? Yes. Nah. Okay, good, good. Okay, good. So that is the worst thing you can do. And you're like, ah. Now you all of a sudden, you cannot feel anything. Check this out. Listen to this verse, okay? Listen to what the Bible would tell me about this. This is wild, okay? Listen, listen, listen. 1 Timothy 4, 1, 1, 12. 1 Timothy 4, 1, 12. The Spirit clearly says that in latter times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose conscience have been seared as with a hot iron or a fork with marshmallows in it. It's like now these people's conscience has been seared as with a hot iron and they no longer feel they no longer think the biggest reason I am convinced 100% why people re resort to atheism is because they do not want accountability in their lives they want 
to be God. And so long as there's a conscience, so long as God is speaking and nogging and, and at their sin, and they're mad at that, they're angry because they cannot enjoy sin happily. Have you ever felt that way? Like, I want this, but I can't enjoy it. And sin is exactly like that. Here's what happens with sin. You do it enough, and you shut the voice that God has put inside of you enough, it will eventually become numb. It will eventually be calloused, and it will eventually get twisted. Dirty conscience is simply this, the numbing of the voice of God. The voice of God no longer has its effect. Here's the thing. Your conscience, what God gave you, that innate voice inside of you, can get disaligned, and it can begin to align to other words other than the word of God. I've known, man, once again, Drug Inc., okay, it was the same episode, so it's not like I'm binge-watching on this. But there was this, this episode, and it was talking about antidepressants, how this, in, in, uh, in Salt Lake City, uh, like Mormon world, there's this, this standard that they're all keeping about morality, but beneath the surface, it is the, literally the state with the most drug abuse when it comes down to, to these antidepressants and to this, like, this, like medication. And so this dealer is talking. He's a, a, a priest or an elder at the Mormon church. And he's like, and you know, because I'm with that voice. You know when they muff it up so you don't know who it is? And he's like, yeah. And he opens the book of Mormon. It's inside of it. He's got the, the pills. And I'm thinking, what the heck? This is crazy. By the way, this is not a knock on Mormonism. I'm not trying to attack anything. I'm just, bear with me for just a second. Listen. This man down the episode, he says, I think, they ask him, why are you doing this? I mean, you getting exposed, it could be really horrible and harmful for not only jail, but you'll be shunned from your community, excommunicated. And he says, oh, I'm actually doing a good thing because all the money that I get, I use it towards the ministry. I use it towards people that need it. I use it towards the church. I don't give my tithe. I give a bunch more and this and that. And so somebody's going to do it anyway. It might as well get back to the, and I'm thinking, it makes sense. No, it doesn't, right? <laughs> when I think of that, you know, I'm thinking like, what? Uh, wow, you know, yet every episode, the dealer said the same thing. Someone's get that money, that might as well be me, right? Hey, someone's going to get that cash. 80% of the drugs controlled by the cartel. Well, somebody's going to control it. Does that make sense? That mindset, where did it begin? Where did that happen? By making sure that you shut the conscience up and off, and then you say, I can't shut it, so I'm just going to twist it. I can't say no to it, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to twist it enough so that it's forced with it, diverted to my favor. Instead of changing the man, we change the manual. And we use even the word of God, even, even something good, like, you know, morality. We can use it even in our own, for our own gain. Alex, I love what you just shared, you know, what you shared about the word of of God and how people, we sometimes could even use like ministry for, for our own gain, to grow our own kingdom. How crazy is that? That something so pure, so awesome could even be used. Like when you love somebody and they hurt you and you use that love against them. I'm going to give you the cold shoulder. If they didn't love you, that wouldn't hurt them. So you're using your love against them. Twisted, isn't it? You guys just missed it. Should I repeat it? All right. So when somebody loves you and you hurt them by your cold shouldering, that means you're manipulating. You're using the love, the kind, the beauty that they have towards you, and you're twisting it against them. You're beating them with it, saying, because you love me, I'm going to punish you. Because you wouldn't do the cold shoulder to the lady at Starbucks that doesn't even know you. Right? Would you? Costco guy, I'm not going to talk to you again. I'm just going to line up over here. And the Costco guy is like, what the heck? 
yes, less lines. You know what I mean? Like, am I making sense? So you're using the love, the affection, something so awesome against that person. You see why we cannot be doing those kinds of things. So conscience, when, when you twist conscience, when you shut it enough, then the wonderful, incredible voice that would pair up with the Spirit of God, that hard wiring inside of you that God said, yeah, that's supposed to align to me. And when it aligns to me, it'll bless you and your generations. It'll not only, man, forget this life. It'll give you everything you ever desired forever, not just here. It'll make the instant gratification last forever. Instead of you just get gratifying now, like doing things right with your girlfriend or with your boyfriend. Instead of eating the cake before the wedding. Now, I just got too real right now. Formation Fridays got formational. Come on. <laughs> Instead of saying, no, we're going to do things right all the way to the end. And when you wear that white dress, it won't be hypocritical. It'll be true. It'll be right. We did do things right. Well, what if I already messed up? I got great news for you. For every single person here that has their conscience twisted up, you don't even know what right and wrong is. You watch TV and you think politics is supposed to give you your north. Politics is not the north star. Man, politics are not going to give us our morality. Listen, your conscience cannot be that which you obey. Your conscience is like your nervous system. Listen, your nervous system simply warns you. It tells you, stop. You're burning yourself. Huh? Right or no? Right? It's not gonna, it's not gonna force you. Of course, it'll tell your brain, ouch. And then your brain, right, will serve nerves. It will come here and then surge, surge, so you could eh, take it away. But sometimes, you guys, we quiet it enough, we become so accustomed to it, even the pain is something we start wanting. It's called masochism. Spiritual masochism works the same way. I know I shouldn't be doing this because it messes my relationship with God. It makes me feel horrible, but I'm already in it. And your spirit is telling you, don't do it, man. Girl, you're not like that. That's not who you are. I know, but, you know, it's already too late. It's already too far gone. By the way, it feels good now. And then later what happens? Am I making sense? This code gets so distorted. And instead of a code for a blessing and for, for the connection with God and that it should grow much stronger as, as you do things right. It grows much weaker as you do things wrong. Today, I was in, the, in my garage, and I have a bench press there. And I, I had Elijah spot me. Any of you guys know what spotting is? Well, you stand me And I was, like, pushing. You know, I was like, Elijah, push. But at some point, instead of pushing, he was, like, pulling. And it was kind of odd. It was like, you know, it wasn't that much weight. You know, it was like the 45s. And, you know, it really wasn't that much. And so this kid is, like, Pulling and pu I was like, no, push, no, push, pull. And at some point, I'm carrying Elijah, too. You know, I'm like, this is hard stuff. And, and you know, I'm, I'm thinking, like, this is not working. But it was working because we were doing it together, right? So it was cute. But it's the same thing with our conscience. You know, it's like it should be aligned with God. It should be flowing. It should be strengthening you. It should be amazing. But when you cannot get it right, man, when you're all distorted because now your conscience is led by your culture, Man, or led by your upbringing, which is sometimes even worse, if I can be honest with you. Some of us grew up in violent homes, and we think it's okay to scream at somebody just because we don't agree with them. It's okay to not, you know, solve issues and just, you know, pretend like nothing happened. And that's not right. Your conscience is telling you, come on, now speak about it. Don't, don't just go around not forgiving people. God forgave you. And you're thinking, yeah, but this is different. Jesus is like, really? 
Should I take the shirt off my back so you can see how different it really is? I'm not making sense. Like, we quiet it so much and we start twisting it. Well, Martinez is. That's not how we are. We are Martinez. Right? Oh, Mexicans. That's just Mexicans. We're late. We love being late. We're Mexicans. <laughs> Does that make sense or no? Yeah? Right? Well, I'm just an angry black, I'm just an angry black woman. No, I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. You give your character to Jesus, you can be a Holy Spirit-led black woman or a Holy Spirit-led black man or a Holy Spirit-led Mexican or a Holy Spirit-led white guy or a Holy Spirit-led Asian or a Holy Spirit-led child of God. But when we let our culture, give God a shout of praise, why not? But when we let our culture, when we let our culture dictate our code, we're messing it up even worse. You see, when we let our upbringing, this is how my father did it. This is how my, my grandpa did it. This is how my mom solved her issues. Who's dictating your code? Who's, who's writing your code, so to speak? Who is creating the program that you're ran by? Who is writing the code in you? See, this is where conscience really gets tricky, where the code now becomes something so wrong, so bad, that if you do listen to it, now it's like horrible. Because there is a place where you can take that wonderful thing God placed inside of you, that leads you towards others and loving people and caring for other people. And it can destroy your very families. It can destroy your ministries. It's not Christ-like. It's you-like. It's the world-like. And so what's the answer? How do we go about this? How do we change? I started writing like this because to me this is one of the most important areas in my Christianity. In my own relationship with God. I'm not preaching this to you because I read it in a book. I'm preaching this to you because it's the one thing that I can tell you has blessed me most. And it is how to take my shame to God. I don't take it to you. I don't take it to just anybody. I say, Lord, it's you and I. Lord, first, you and I. There's this one time, and I'm going to be very transparent with you. One time I was... Uh, you know, I was leading a Bible study, and it was before the vision. And as I led that Bible study, listen to this. The, that same night, it was a Thursday night, I went clubbing. That same night, after my Bible study, I went clubbing. And you guys are, oh, you're horrible. <laughs> okay. Listen, it was Thursday night. It was like holy day, because all of you guys know that when you go to cell group, it's holy day. <laughs> right? And... It was just, I, I went, as I was finishing it early, wrapping up my sermon sooner, it was about 10 years ago. You know what? Something came in, in my mind and said, you need to stop. You know what? I responded, okay, I won't have cell group next week. You know, you do the same dumb thing. Before you judge me, can I tell you, you do the same stupid thing. Can I be real with you? I'll just stop going to church because I'm falling. What the heck? I'll just stop reading the devotional because I didn't read it yesterday. I can't raise my hands. Look what I've done. You're thinking, like, what the? it's like the guy that's standing on the railroad tracks listening to his phone. And the train is coming. And instead of getting out, he just covers his other ear and turns around. The guy that reads about smoking, how smoking will kill you. And instead of stop smoking, he stops reading. 
same thing. We do the same thing. Instead of saying, Lord, I need you. I now, more than ever, I need to draw close to you. I need to grab onto you. So instead, we let guilt. Come on, give God a shout of praise. Why not? Instead of running to our Father, we run away. Instead of saying, God, I desperately need you right now, we feel that God is going to do the same thing that your parents might have done, or teachers, or pastors even, or leaders. I pray this doesn't keep happening, and it doesn't happen in this church. When someone comes to you with a need, and you say, oh, you did not. Or like your parents would say, I told you. I told you. Right? Why can't you be like Louis? <laughs> See, all of us in here, all of us in here have experienced that kind of rejection that says, no. And your conscience now will tell you, just, just fix it internally. Just take care of it first. And then you can talk about it like a testimony. The problem is that some things you cannot fix yourself. Some things, some code cannot be written by other than the original writer. Listen, some things could only be changed by the one with the actual access. Some things can never be erased unless someone has access. And I can be very, very blunt with you right now. Stop being so prideful. Let God in your heart. Let God move inside your life. How do you know? How do you know he's going to be able to change that guilt into joy? Because he did it with me. Because he's done it with so many other people. But more than that, because his blood has power. Give God a shout of praise. Why not? <laughs> Hebrews 10.22 says, what do we do when we have a guilty conscience? Hebrews 10.22, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. I'm going to read it to you again because it's just so beautiful. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. I love this verse. If I had to get a tattoo on your forehead, this would be it. I would. I'll be like, just get it right now. Get that tattoo on your forehead so that I can always be reminded by it. Hey, Listen, this is what it says, draw near to God. Circle it, underline it. If you have a phone, like get a Sharpie so it lasts longer. You know, just like, oh my goodness, draw near to God. And our conscience, when it's broken and twisted, says, God, no. You're going to burn if you draw near to God. He's going to kick you away. Really, you have the faith to believe that if you draw near to God, you can't change. How many times have you said it? You ever heard that dumb, twisted mind now? Instead of the godly conscience is one taught by demons. That's what the previous verse said. Did you know that's what it says? That's what the, the la Can you pull up the last verse, Noemi, please? The one we just read. The one, um, it's in uh, ba -ba. Titus 1.15. I haven't even read that one yet, huh? 115, that's a good one too. Okay. To the pure, all things are pure. To those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their minds and their conscience are defiled. Leave it up there for a second. 
Who is writing your code? So some people will say, don't go to God. You know why? Because when I went to God, all I found was religion, and it didn't change me. And now their look is such that they want you to think the same way. You know, it's so much easier to hear the negative things. Try to teach a child. Seriously, try to teach a child a Bible verse. And then teach them five cuss words. Don't do it. Which of these you think will learn faster? I don't know why, right? I don't know why. I do know why, actually. It's so much easier. It's so much nat more natural to go with that. Listen, there's a story, and I, I love it. It says that uh, there's these kids. They try to play a prank on their grandpa. And so they grabbed cheese, like molded cheese, old cheese, and just like rubbed it on the grandpa's nose hairs, you know. And so the grandpa's leaving. <laughs> and he like wakes up, and he looks at his... At this old lady. <laughs> and he's like. <laughs> so he gets up and like this lady stinks. He turns around and he's like. Mm, she must have used my pillow. <laughs> he's crying the pillow. He's like mm, this pillow stinks. Pulls himself under the covers. Woo, I stink. Gets himself out of bed. Goes outside. Man this whole world stinks. People. Listen. Let me read it again. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled by cheese under the nose and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their minds and their conscience are defiled. When, you're, when your conscience is jacked up, you cannot accept people with a clean conscience. It's beyond you. It's like, no. If I'm jacked up, you're jacked up too. How could Jesus forgive you? How could, how could you tell me, because I know you, we did it together. How can you say that? Family members will begin to say that. You can't change. You change? Pff, only change you got is on your pockets, right? It's like you can't change the world. Man, the enemy will tell you over and over and over and over the guilty conscience. Why? Misery loves company. Why? Because when you're hurt, you love to think that it's just the way we're supposed to be. All broken, all together. Right? At least we're together in brokenness. Versus when God says, listen to this, draw near to me. Just draw near to me. How are you going to draw near to God? With a sincere heart. That's what it says in Hebrews 10.22. With a sincere heart, in full assurance of faith. Hey, look, I know. Sincere heart is hard. Because it means I recognize that I'm messed up. I recognize that I'm guilty of everything the enemy is telling me. Next time Satan tries to blame you, listen, please, you're going to need this, I promise you. If not today, you'll need it tomorrow. Of the rebellion, of the humanity, <laughs> of the lies, of the sin, of lying on your taxes. Is around that season for some of you? In that fake check with the fake numbers? Just got quiet real quick. <laughs> okay, okay. Or, or for some of you guys, right, so for the, the, the people that do that, so you don't feel so bad, the other of you. So you don't feel so righteous, the righteous people, judging people, you know what I mean? Right? I'm, at least I don't lie on my taxes. <laughs> right? Or, or just really seriously, it's saying, God, I'm sincere. I need you. I'm sincere. This is what's wrong. I've, I've, I've talked bad about people I shouldn't talk bad about. Hey, I talk bad about somebody. You know what, Lord? I let you down in this, in this, in this. Let me ask you a serious question right now, serious as can be. How often, how often do you do this? 
Really. Like, how often should you come clean before the Lord? And I will tell you this, as often as you get dirty. How often would you go to bed after just being soiled, dirty, sweaty, right? I would say, I'd shout it right before. I don't want to go to bed like that. Same thing happens with your conscience. Pastor, how long does it have to be from my sin to repentance? How long until I feel good again? Let me tell you this. Full faith. Complete transparency. Is not enough. You need the third component which says having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. Say it with me, sprinkled. Spring, now sprinkle somebody. Go. <laughs> okay, some of you guys didn't do it because it's cheesy. I get it. Okay, fine. Sprinkling with what? What are you talking about sprinkle? Hebrews 9.14 says, I love this one. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? Sprinkled by what? By the blood of Jesus. There is nothing in this world that the blood of Jesus cannot take away. If you're listening tonight and you say, you don't even know me, I would tell you absolutely right. But you don't even know the power of the blood of Jesus. Man, the blood of Jesus has the power to cleanse everything. Anytime, anywhere, and forever. We are the ones that have this hard head and say, nah, too hard, too much, way too evil. And God says, I know. That's why I had to die. That's why I didn't just get slapped. I had to bleed out for your sin. You get that, that the blood of Jesus has the power to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. What about what I did today? Yeah, that today. What about what you did that one night? Yes, especially what you did that one night. How hard, you guys, must it be to think yourself guilty all your life? How difficult is it? Don't answer me out loud, but how hard is it, you guys, to carry that burden? The moment I was delivered and I was freed from guilt, my code got stronger. Because all of a sudden, it wasn't that same weak, willed, soft does that make sense? It wasn't that guy that always lost this battle. All of a sudden, it was the one who was cleansed by the blood of Jesus. All of a sudden, it wasn't that guy on the floor fighting from his back. It was somebody who can walk upright and said, mm, I've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. And I'll be dumb if I go back into that. Does that make sense? I have been cleansed. First thing you have to do is be cleansed. Let God clean you. Draw near to God and get sprinkled. Let the blood of Jesus clean your heart. How? Ask him. Talk to him. Please, Lord, cleanse me. Apply the blood of Jesus over my life. It is only the blood of the Lamb. I'm telling you, it is better than CLR. It is better than the magic eraser. It is better than Clorox. It is better than anything out there. It's the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing. Right? Nothing but the blood of Amen. The only thing, I'm telling you, the absolutely, the only thing that can wash us is not somebody saying, oh, it's, it's okay, I'll forgive you. Although that helps. Is the Lord saying, 
Even if that person passed away and you didn't get to say sorry, my blood has the power to forgive your sins. Give God a shout of praise for that, please. The last thing, and I'll close with this, 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. Once you've been cleansed, this is the beauty. This is where you need discipleship, I need discipleship. This is where we need more than church. This is where we need more, listen, more than just TBN for those of you that watch Christian networks. Listen, you need more than that. You need more, I promise you need more than Formation Fridays for this. Listen to this, 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is used for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. When a guilty conscience is there and the code has been broken and has been smashed and twisted and rewired to serve Satan and no one else. I guess you could add yourself to that list. When that code has been completely just tainted and it's completely rewritten to serve nothing else or everything else except God. The only way to do it is erase by the blood of the Lamb. The second thing, you need to rewrite it according to the Word of God. There's nothing else that can say, here it is. This is the blessing. The Word of God. You need to align your life back to the Word of God. You know if you have a compass, do you guys know how compass work? A compass is simply a little piece of metal that aligns itself to the magnetic fields of the earth. It's kind of cool because if you put a magnet right next to it, the little spin thing just goes crazy. No, north, south, north, south, north, south, north, south. And all of a sudden you don't know where north is. And you're like, well, where's north? Is that south? Same thing happens with us. You know, it is only when you start aligning yourself to the word of God that you can be stable, strong, steadfast. Though the world moves, you're strong. Man, it is that code that I heard on that man on that plane. It's that man that says, you know what? I may be broke. I may have nothing. But my, my word is, man, my word is worth much more than whatever you can offer me. I would rather be, listen to this, I would rather be financially bankrupt than break the code God put in me. Then I can trust you. Then the Lord says, mm, I can trust you. What do you want, son? I would ten times honor your word over my feelings hundred times. I don't want to break that code. You know why? Because now your life is not aligned to a channel on the television. It's not aligned, I'm sorry to tell you this, to someone you follow on Instagram. You're not, now your life all of a sudden is aligned to the unchanging, unwavering, Ever-standing word of God. Now your life is biblical. You're now part of the kingdom of God. The culture of the, of the world doesn't apply to you anymore. The laws will change. Did you know that? Laws will continue to change all the time. I'm having to translate meetings right now in the government. That I'm sitting there thinking, are you serious? Are you serious? But then I get so much comfort in going back. And I lean back on my chair and I say, Lord, this has always been this way. It's always been like this. And it's not going to change until you come back. There's one thing that will not change. The laws of the world will change. But the laws of God will never pass away. Ever, ever, ever. I love a God who's so consistent, so amazing, then you can actually follow. 
You cannot follow this culture. It'll lead you straight down a hole. I want you to stand up with me for just a second. And as you stand, realize we're all guilty. We all need the blood and we all need the Bible. We all need the blood and we all need the Bible. Some of you, maybe your conscience is not dead yet. How do you know your conscience is dead? It's like that story of the possum I told you guys. I found a possum in sixth grade, outdoor science school. And we poked it in the eye. Because that's the only way to know if a possum is really alive. Because what do they do? They play possum. <laughs> that's where it comes from. They play dead. That's their defense. Just don't move. Don't move. Pretend like you're dead. When you poke it and there's a reaction, then you're like, yeah, okay, I thought you were dead. Right? I'm going to tell you this. Listen to this. If you still feel guilt, can you just give God a shout of praise for that? Seriously, give God a shout of praise. Sounds weird. Give God a shout of praise. I mean it. Guilty people, give God a shout of praise right now. Because God's still speaking to you. Because God is still telling you, come on, come on. You're alive. Come on. You could change that. You could change that. You could change that. You see, that little bit of nudging, it tells you there's still alive. There's still a pulse. There's still a heartbeat in you. God is still wanting to change your life. Do you get that? There's still something that tells you, come on. You're better than that. You were created for more than that. That little bit of guilt, man, that, that's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. Because that little seed is the stump that we talked about. It's a God is in the stump. Remember that. That little bit that's left. Don't shut it off anymore. Don't quiet it anymore. Listen, it's, you have to stop shutting it off. Because there will be a moment. Mark my words. I've seen it happen. I have seen it happen. And it is the saddest thing because there's nothing else you can do as a pastor, as a father, as a husband, as a wife, as a son. There's nothing else you can do for those people where their conscience has died and they've accepted sin as rights. And the things that God does has called them now the works of the devil. And they thought those things that God are doing, they're just foolishness. And they begin to defile and they begin to speak against the work of the Holy Spirit. And that is an unpardonable sin. And I know we don't like to talk about things that God can't pardon. There's one thing he can't pardon. It's a person now that has come to believe that the Holy Spirit, listen to what I'm telling you, that the Holy Spirit is demonic. And that everything that God is doing, instead of amazing and wonderful, begin to dismiss it as foolishness. Not only foolishness, they dare to condemn it. Don't ever, guys, become. You know, you can never get to that place without God. Listen. That defiling, that, that place where you deny the Holy Spirit and God can't forgive it, you can never get there unless you've been with the Holy Spirit. You cannot get there if you don't have faith. So if you're here and you're brand new, what if I did it? Don't worry about it. You haven't. You just can't. You didn't even know about it. You can't. You have to have full conscience. Listen to what I just said. Full conscience to deny it and to turn your back on it and spit on it and say, I'll never. And really never. And that is a sad place. But if there's still something inside of you that says, uh-uh, you're different, you're better than that. Let the Holy Spirit work in that. Here's what I'm going to do right now with the last few minutes we have. Normally we have people up here praying for you. We'll have that next week, I promise you. But this week, I would like to do something a little bit different. Because I want to include everybody in this. I think every one of us in here desperately need the showering of the blood of Jesus. And realigning our words and our life to the word of God. Everybody agrees with me, yeah. If somebody doesn't agree with that, it's okay for me, but not for you. You're on it. You're in it. It's all you. And I can say to you, be this because it's Formation Fridays. You wreck your life. Go ahead and do that. But don't think that it's just you. 
There's a world that's following. There are people that are around you that desperately need you to break your pride and break your ego. Listen, if you don't come back to this church, it's not that we won't miss you. We love you. We want you to know the Lord. And not only that, I can tell you this. You'll be taken care of in this place. Oh, you won't always like it. You'll be confronted at times. But you'll always be prayed for. You'll always be called on it. And you'll always grow. But if you decide not to come back, I pray that if you leave, at least you leave understanding one thing. There is hope for you. There's the blood of Jesus and there's the word of God. And if you're misaligned, if you're out of alignment, it is not his fault. And it is not the church's fault. It is simply your pride that says, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. And eventually, eventually, there will be a point of no return. Tonight is an amazing night for you. Close your eyes, please. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you because you want us. Whew. Man, you don't need us. You want us. The self-sufficient God, the creator of the universe. I thank you, God, because you stooped down into humanity as a son of God. And Jesus, you made yourself a man to bring redemption to us. So lost, so far from you. As far as the east is from the west, you put our sin I thank you, God, because today there are people here that have been carrying guilt for a long time. But today that will fall off their backs. Today is the night, God, where freedom happens in these people's lives. Where offenses against others, sexual sins against themselves and other people. God, sins of, of lying and cheating and even murder, God, of unborn children and those that are already have. God, I pray right now that your blood would wash this entire place. God, that you would sprinkle this entire room, Lord. That you could show us right here, right now, Lord, that there's nothing that you cannot forgive. That really, no mountain you won't climb up. God, that there's nothing that you cannot forgive. That there's nothing you cannot cleanse. God, that tonight, that the guilt and the shame, the, the, the arguments that Satan has against these people, God, will be broken in the name of Jesus. If any of you want to use the chair as an altar and you want to kneel down, that's you. That's good. If you want to stand, you could remain standing. If you want to lay on the floor, then that's fine. Tonight it's not about somebody else. It's all about you and God. Do not walk out of this place with guilt or shame. Do not walk out, on this, out of this place a weak, coded person. You want your code to be rewritten. You want your code to be erased as it is and to be rewritten as the Lord will have it. Today is a day where your generations change. Where the people that come behind you will say, my life is different because of my mom, my dad, my granddad, my grandma. And that would be you. The third generational leader. The kind of people that says, I do not accept the status quo anymore. I don't have my code written by the culture. I have my code written by the Lord. Holy Spirit of God, I pray right now that you convince them. Now listen, listen. You need to really be able to have this conviction, this faith that the Bible talks about. It says that you must have sincere hearts, full assurance of faith, and having the sprinkled cleanse your life, cleanse your heart. Full assurance of faith and a sincere heart. Right now, have a sincere moment with God and just begin to speak to God. You see, there's some things I cannot do for you. Some things no one else can do for you. You alone can say to God, I am sorry, Lord. Forgive my sins. Forgive me, God. The, thing I've hidden, the things I have hidden from anyone and everyone. The things that you alone know. The things I put on the back of my head thinking that they weren't there anymore. The things, God, that caused me to react in ways that I don't even know myself when I do. 
The things that bring, oh man, God's speaking to me right now. Some of you are struggling with depression. And that depression is actually coming from oppression. It is the pressing of sin on your life. It's guilt that has come through religion. And you have thought that that was a good thing. And that is oppression. That is not what God wants. That is a twisted mindset. God wants you to live in freedom, not in oppression. That when you think of God, it's not an oppressive God. Rather, it's a God who lifts you up, who raises you. Some of you here have had an oppressive religious mindset. And God wants to cleanse you from that too. Because that is not what God would have you be. An oppressed child. Never, never, never. I as a father know that my son is to be free. And my son is to be joyous. And if you don't carry that spirit, then there is something oppressing you. And so as God puts it in my heart to pray for you right now. Those of you that have been struggling with guilt and shame. A religious spirit that says you're not good enough. Today that breaks in the name of Jesus. I say you are as good as Jesus. You are as good as Jesus. Because the blood of the Lamb is cleansing you right now. You are worth one crucified Christ. That's how much God would pay for you. And that has become your value. Dear God, I pray right now that you cover them. Right now, I can see the cover of God over your life. The blood of the Lamb is sprinkled over you. Some of you right now, you'll know that the Word of God will change your course of your life. As you're being cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Right now, as I count to three, you're going to allow with full confidence, with full faith, the sprinkling of God. One, two, three, God, sprinkle them, shower them with your blood. Cleanse their heart, cleanse their mind. Cleanse their questioning minds, God. For those that thought, I'm just analytical. No, you're just critical. God needs to change that. You need to be innocent again. When did you believe that jaded was, a, was part of a personality? It is not. Today, you're going to be once again, once again, a full man for God. Literally foolish for the Lord, saying, God, I want to learn from you again. When did you stop having admirative faith, the kind of faith that admires and is wondering, the eyes that are eye wide open and says, really, Lord, you can do that? And God would say, yes, because of your faith, the childlike faith. God, I pray right now that you cleanse the old code, that you erase the old code. Jesus, please, erase the old code. Erase the old code, the guilt, the shame, the judgment. In the name of Jesus, I declare freedom from, your, from all those things, from your past, from your culture, even gender. Sometimes you feel that just because you're a woman, you're supposed to be like that. Or just because you're a man, you're supposed to be like that. And I got to tell you this, there's freedom in the name of Jesus. There's freedom. In the, if you're a man, you can be creative. Why not? Be creative. It doesn't change you. Be creative. You're a man. You can be sensitive. Yes, praise God. For sensitive men who love their spouse and love their kids with total sensitivity. You don't have to be uh, strong in the times. No, no, no. In your weakness, God will perfect himself. Women, God will tell you right here, right now, you can lead. Oh, you can lead. Man, you can get paid much more than that. You don't have to submit to unsubmitted people. You don't have to say yes to everything, women. You're so valuable. You're so beautiful. You're so precious. You don't have to feel guilty. Be free in the name of Jesus. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord. The Lord will tell you, you can lead a generation. You can lead a generation. The church for a long time shut the women up. And that was a broken code. Jesus lifted people up. Lifted women up. Gave them a place of honor. Arise, women. Arise. The Lord is telling you right now. You will lead your generations. 
Your children will serve the Lord because you will serve the Lord. God, I pray right now for the young people here that have such desire, Lord, for great things. I pray right now that that code will be strengthened in them, that the world, whatever the world throws at them, songs, smells, sights, relationships, that they could be unmovable and unshakable because their code is the word of God. I pray right now, God, for this generation that is being so attacked. And I declare that you will rewrite our code. You're going to do something with me now. And you're going to ask God to let his word be your code. You're going to ask God for forgiveness for chasing after others and instead of chasing after him. For reading Facebook, Instagram before reading the word of God. For going to people before going to him. You're going to say, God, I want you to be my code. Would you rewrite my code? Come on, tell him, God, let your word be in my heart always. Let your word be the thing that guides me, God. Let your word be my code. God, rewrite the code of my life. God, remove the guilt and the shame. I want righteousness, God. I want you to be there, God. I want you to write my code, God. Come on, tell him, God, I don't want to be guided by my culture. I don't want to be guided by government. I want to be guided by your government, by your kingdom, God. I want you to be the Lord of my life, not just my Savior, but the Lord of my life. Come on, tell him, God, I need your code in me. Change my heart. Change my mind. Let me be trustworthy, reliable. Let me be somebody, God, who you can trust for more. Holy Spirit of God, help me to adhere to your word. Help me, God, to grab onto your word and to never let go. Never let go. Never let go. No matter how hard it gets, God, that your word, God, your word will be my bond. Your word, God, your word would help me. In the times where I don't know where north or south is, I will always know what your word says. Dear God, I thank you for a biblical generation that you're arising, that you're lifting up. I thank you for the leaders, God, that are biblical. The people that do love you and do love people. I ask you, God, that you help us to have a heart for you always and a heart for the lost. I pray for one last thing. As some of you in here, I believe in my heart that God is going to give you a freedom, a, a joy, unspeakable. Something that you had never felt before. Because guilt is removed from your life. And when I tell you this, when the enemy blames you and says, you did this, 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 you are this, this, this. You're going to say, yeah, that's right. But then you're going to tell him, but you don't know the rest of the story. For God has paid for my sin. I no longer owe that. God has cleansed my life. He has washed me by the blood of the Lamb. I declare that I am free in the name of Jesus. And when I count to three, I want you guys to stand up with me for just a second. And when I count to three, and you know what's coming. It's called a shout of freedom. And maybe you're in a different kind of church today and you're thinking, this is different. I know. Close your eyes because the same won't do. Sometimes your heart, your soul is telling you something, but your body's trapping it. And today we're going to let our body come in agreement with our spirit. And when I count to three, you're going to give a shout of freedom. Telling the world and telling your body and telling your brain and telling every part of you, I am free by the blood of the Lamb, I am cleansed. I am set apart. I don't live by the code of this world. I live by the code that's the Word of God. And so when I count to three, you're going to give a 10-second shout. One, two, three. Ah! 
angels, set them free. Set them free, set them free. Yeah, set them free, God, set them free. Amen, amen, amen. Give God a shout of praise. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Hey, listen, I'm going to let you go with one last thing written here. I don't want to leave without you knowing this. The code, the code could never make you do things. The code, the word of God doesn't make you do things. This is crazy. You, it simply holds you accountable. That code is like the double yellow line on the road. It'll never stop you from crossing it. It'll simply tell you, don't do it. Don't do it. It's like that line that it won't force you. The Lord will never force you. Now you have the strength. Now you have the wisdom. You have the blood of the Lamb that's cleansed you. You're a new creation. Walk away from that double line. Amen. If you need help, reach out to the leadership. Say, hey, I need help with this. Help me out. We'll be praying for you. We're going to be with you. Look, this is what the church is about. Amen.